Hi guys, welcome to my Move and Inspire podcast. My name is Sophie Deer. I'm a yoga teacher, a health and happiness warrior, and like you, I am constantly doing my best to navigate this crazy world that we live in. My mission is to spread the zest that I have for life to each and every one of you and give you the chance to feel empowered, strong, connected, healthy, and above all, happy. I will be interviewing some kick-ass and inspirational people to motivate you to create transformations in order to live your best possible life. Hi, Flora. Hello. So I'm really excited to be here today with Gutsy Flora, who is a very great friend of mine. I've known her since we were 13 years old. We went to school together. And I was just saying how I feel very lucky at the moment because my job interviewing people means I just get to hang out with lots of my uh, inspirational and impressive friends. So Flora is a fermenter, a chef, and she's also the founder of Gutsy, which is an online guide to gut health. So Flora, can you tell us a little bit about you, what you do, and your journey into gut health? It's a big one. Such an exciting um, question for anyone who's, I think, in gut health because they've all got some kind of ferment they tried first that they went, what, the, what on earth is this? It's so tasty or it's so great or, um, you know, learning more about gut health through a ferment or something. And that was certainly the case for me. Um, but to step back from that for a second, it actually all began when I was a, um, a chef on a yacht uh, in the Caribbean and I worked there um, for for a while and while I was there I was working for a lot of clients who were following a lot of um, trendy diets and I felt like there was a lot of misinformation out there about what is a sort of healthy diet and they were just jumping from one thing to the next to the next and listening to whatever Debbie at the gym had to say about what was best and um, I felt quite disillusioned by it myself because as a chef, I was suddenly making superfood smoothies, you know, and not actually ever boiling a potato. And I found that quite odd. I was like, I'm a chef and I'm actually not making food. I'm making like concoctions. So when I left and went back to London and I met the woman who actually introduced me to my first ferment, I'm getting there. Um, I finally found someone who was saying, can you cook some potatoes and can you just have real food? And so I was like, yes, I'm actually cooking food again. This is great. I love my life. I'm back seeing my friends. I'm in London. And one day she turned around to me and she said, um, Flora, so I, I'd really like you to start making water kefir. And I just thought, oh, no. You know, she's heading down the path of like weird concoctions or the latest thing she heard from her friend down at the gym. And I, um, I was like, sure, sure, Grace, I'll, I'll, I'll make some uh, water kefir for you. What is it? And she said, well, it's this, um, it's this uh, symbiotic community of bacteria and yeast and it, uh, you, you grow it in a jar and then you drink it and then it, you know, basically it feeds the, you know, the bacteria in your gut and then, and then you basically drink it and, you know, it's really good, it's really good. And then walks out the house and just left me with this weird, like, kefir thing. And I was like, oh, no. So I thought, right, I've got to keep this thing alive because she said it was like some weird living organism. So I look it up online, I'm like, what is gut health? What is kefir? And I'm like, oh my God, there's this unique microbiome that we have that lives in our gut that as, is as unique as we are. 
and it's as unique as this kefir is. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like, what is this living bacteria that we have in us that, you know, you get from your mother? I'm like, how do we, how do we get it? Like, this is, this just blew my mind that also it linked to so many different health problems that other people had. And I was like, this is nuts. Now, not only that, but I was also tasting kefir for the first time. And I was like, this is the most amazing flavorsome thing. It also grew over time, like the the flavors changed. You can, you know, basically, if you've ever had water kefir, it is, you know, you can flavor it with strawberries or whatever's in season. And it just explodes. It's fun to, to um, make as well. So putting the health side of things to one side, I actually ended up going on workshops and meeting people and learning about fermentation. And I, um, I went to a workshop and I sat down and I thought, cool, I'm here with a bunch of chefs, right? We're all learning about fermentation. It's about that. So I sat down and I said, they said, you know, they did that awful, horrendous opening line, like, can you all introduce yourself? And I immediately started sweating, you know, having to say my name out loud. And uh, I said, hi, I'm, I'm Flora, I'm a chef and I'm from London and I really like fermented foods and I want to learn more. And that was it. And I thought, cool, you know, that's quite interesting. And then it got to the next person and she said, hi, I'm in Claire and I um, I suffer from uh, gut health problems and I haven't been able to stick down with my job for the last two years. I'm thinking of getting a divorce because I haven't been able to have sexual relations with my husband and my life's falling apart. And I was like, what? Like, what? How can that all be linked? Like, this is crazy. And the next person was like, I haven't been able to take my son to a birthday party for the last six years because he's so reactive to different intolerances to foods that I can't bear to think that I'm going to have to go to a, potentially go to a hospital in case he touches an ice cream. And I was like sitting amongst these people being like, wow, there are some people out there really, really suffering, you know. And this wasn't just about this fizzing, popping kefir thing and whatever. And I, from there, I was like, wow, I need to, to like learn more about this because this is, this is huge. And um, that's why I created the Gut Health Guide. I basically went on a mission to kind of get the right information in the right place. And I'm still very early days in that. But yeah, that, that is the path I'm on, basically. Super exciting. It's also delicious. This is kefir that we're having at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we're having an elderflower kefir, which is very fizzy and very, very tasty right now. <laughs> so in terms of... Um, what people approach you with, what's kind of the most common problem that you come across in the gut health world? It's funny, there are so many things that have been linked to gut health. Um, you know, the obvious answers are things like IBS, IBD, you know, Crohn's and all the rest of it. But actually, when it comes to the most common sort of actual problem people have along the way, it's that when they do try and eventually make some changes along the way, it tends to be a big wholesome approach you have to take. You know, you can't just um, look at, you know, dietary interventions or whatever. So it tends to be when it comes to gut health, and I'll explain why, but you have to have a holistic approach, really. You have to look at all areas of your life. And when it comes to doing that, as you'll know, you know, working in this area, it's making habits stick. That's what it ultimately comes down to at the very end of the day. That's the bottom core, you know, issue that most people have is like, okay, I've been told I need to do more yoga. You know, you need to motivate yourself to 
you know, put on some comfy clothes, get out a mat, roll it out, put on whatever music is and do that. And, and for people to start that process can take ages. You know, I struggled so much when I got told I have to do Pilates for my back issues. And even though I knew it would have the biggest change to my life and I'd be able to actually pick up things again, I still struggled. And it's amazing how the mind works. You're getting habits to stick is one of the hardest things, I think. Don't they say that um, to get a habit to stick, you need to be doing it for thirty, at least 30 days? Yes. And then it becomes yeah. Then natural. it becomes natural. But that's, like, that's tough. 30 days is hard. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the question that you get asked most frequently for, from people who are thinking about their gut health? Ha. It's always, what's the gut health diet, you know? That is what everyone wants to know. They're like, what is the thing I should eat and not eat? That's totally fair enough. They want to know what is the gut health diet. But there isn't really a gut health diet. This is the sort of issue because it is such a huge topic. It covers so many different things. And people on are on this hunt, you know, as we all are. What's that, you know, that one hit wonder, that one magic pill that we should take? What's the best probiotic? What's the best ferment? And, you know, and I think really when you learn about what the microbiome is, you understand that that's just impossible. Um, so the microbiome is that, is that sort of collection of um, bacteria and yeast and all sorts that live basically in your gut and you are born with it. So you basically inherit it from your mother and you literally inoculate it when you are born and then you have it through breast milk, you get it from your environment, you'll get it from your dog, your pet, you, by the age of about two, you've basically reached adulthood in terms of your microbiome. And then after that, to influence it, it's going to be a little bit harder. But the microbiome is also talks about the whole collection all over your body. So it's a very difficult thing. But when you talk about the gut microbiome, that is really sort of core. And it's about the weight of like your brain. It's a very heavy collection of material. But, but it also has its own nervous system and a collection of nerves that communicates to your brain, which also blows my mind. Um, so it's linked with so many different parts of our lives and we don't know how it communicates the brain. Um, there are so many different communication pathways through the vagus nerve. Um, it also is linked to our parasympathetic so nervous system. There's all sorts of very fascinating areas of learning about the gut microbiome. Um, but really when it comes to gut health, you need to look at it, at it like a, um, a lifestyle change um, that is all about affecting your digestive well-being is what I like to say rather than digestive health or just like your gut health it is all about just your whole digestive well-being um does that make sense yeah it's clearly tied into so many different yeah, things exactly exactly but that is the question I get asked the most is you know what is the gut health diet and yes there are certain things that we can look out to eat but it totally depends you know on on your sensitivity of your gut and all the rest of it so yeah. So therefore, like, um, just as a general, what would you be saying to people who want to positively influence their, their gut health? So um, there are lots of things that we look at. So the first thing, dietary-wise, is looking at pre- and probiotics, basically. So we all know what um, probiotics are, and they either come in the form of supplements or they become in the form of fermented foods. Um, and then we look at prebiotics and those are like the um, things like f high fiber foods. Basically, they're the super feeders for your gut. So 
basically when you have um, eaten you know an apple um, you will swallow it and then basically all the fiber from that which is non-digested and it heads on down to the very end of the colon you will then that is where it meets the kind of big mass of microbiome and that is what it feeds on it feeds on fiber that's how you feed your microbiome so it's all the mass of basically the stuff that you don't digest and it's that fibrous stuff that it loves and it thrives on so if you're not eating enough fiber then you're basically not feeding your microbiome that is it in a very 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 small very unscientific way of putting it but essentially that's why we get very excited about fiber is basically it's a good superfood and prebiotics are things like um you know uh, things like garlic and onions and asparagus tips um, and celeriac so there's lots of things to look out for um, like artichokes and they are all super feeders for your gut basically but if you're on the side of someone who has a sensitive gut say you've got IBS you are then perhaps put on a FODMAP diet that is the sort of thing that avoids all of those things because they really boost your microbiome they will basically super feed them so essentially, they can be good and bad. That's why the gut health diet, I don't, you know, vouch for. There's no such thing. But there are certain foods to look out for that can be really good. When we talk about fiber as well, we talk about diversity. So you want diversity for your gut. So think of them as all these different species, and they all feed off different things. And when you're looking at diversity, you say, eat the rainbow, which means you're covering all of the different colors of foods, which means you're getting the most diverse diet for, those gut, for that gut microbiome. So basically, if you want a very simple thing, you're just looking for tons of fiber, lots of different colors in your foods, um, look out for some super feeders, the things that I mentioned, um, and then also try out a ferment and hopefully your gut isn't too sensitive to it. Um, but that would basically be the sort of, the basics of what I would say is positively influencing your digestive health is, is that's the sort of foods to eat. And it's basically a Mediterranean diet and Actually, funny enough, um, the best moment on my journey of learning about what was good for your gut was learning that things like red wine and cheese and chocolate are also really good for your gut as well. No way. I love those foods. <laughs> yeah, it's actually um, one of the things that we try and do at our gut health events is um, our most recent one was a retreat and we had a massive cheese board and we had crackers we had a huge cheese party plenty of wine plenty of chocolate um dark chocolate there's what you said dark chocolate that's what's very good for your gut but um all of those um foods i mean it's a big big topic there's a lot of um complicated things behind what is good and bad for your gut and um that's why i've actually teamed up with a dietitian who i'm working with at the moment laura tilt and we are designing an online course in order to basically explain this in far more detail with um, she's the professional behind all the dietary advice. I'm just the one who comes up with the recipes and does the fermenting and waffles on beside her. So yeah, that's um, that's what we're also up to at the moment. So people can check out your um, online course to find out why they should be eating cheese, chocolate, and <laughs> drinking wine. Exactly. So um, one thing that all your friends kind of know you as is like this fermentation guru. The amount of times I've been over and there are things fizzing away and you've got... <laughs> I'm the creepy girl with the jars, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what was he called? Um, Kevin the... Well, yeah, so Kevin the kefir was the initial, um, my gateway drug into fermentation, as it were. 
Um, yeah, so, I mean, I love it. It's, you know, I could go on about the gut health stuff, but when it comes to fermentation, then, you know, I really get lost in it. I love it. It's, it's, a, it's the fact that it's a combination between, you know, food and it's creativity and science, you know, it's, it's an art, really. Um, and the people behind it just are really, some of them are like wacky scientists who are like in the jungle getting the most amazing, uh, whatever it is to ferment. And some other people are like massive hippies who are hanging out in, you know, Devon or something. And then you meet all these crazy wackos. It's brilliant. And we're all there making mad ferments. And someone just actually hit the Guinness book of records and the, you know, biggest sauerkraut ever made and got a load of people together to chop cabbage and, you know, we're just, there's a bunch of great people. I love the community of fermenters that are out there. Um, and I think the hype about fermentation is not only the fact that it's really delicious. I mean, a fascinating thing to cook with. Um, you know, you don't cook with a ferment, but you, you to, to create, you're basically putting a cabbage, let's say, or yeah, you're putting a cabbage into an environment where it's going to basically slowly decay. Sounds gross, not gross, really lovely slowly decay in a jar in a safe environment where it's basically going to create loads of lactic acid bacteria, LAB. So basically you're creating loads of amazing microbes, like these probiotics. So essentially you're going to eat that and hopefully they'll hang around in your gut and affect, you know, the balance of good and bad bacteria. And that's what we want. We want that great balance of good and bad bacteria in your gut feed you know your microbiome will be flourishing and hopefully introduce some new strains what we you know we don't know where that lead what that leads to whatever and the science isn't quite there yet on you know confirming what exactly you should have but I mean I've been having ferment ferments for a while now I never get sick I absolutely you know adore them for not only their taste but they just make me feel more alive they I just I you know anecdotally I feel better 100% mentally physically Definitely, you know, I absolutely adore it for all of that it brings. But maybe it's because I, you know, I love making ferments, and therefore that's why I feel better. <laughs> Who knows what the connection is? But but when it comes also to fermentation, people come from it from chef side of things, or they come from a health side of things, or even from a sustainability side of things. You know, you are basically preserving food. You know, we all used to ferment you know, before we had fridges, that was our whole way of preserving food. Um, and it's in, you know, societies all over the world, you know, look anywhere and you find all these different pockets of, you know, that, that ferment and why they fermented and what they went out in the hunt of and put it in a jar and added some salt and, you know, it kept in the, it kept for six months. That was, you know, what we needed to do in order to survive the winter months. So as a food source, you know, it was, you know so important for us to understand um this technique from our ancestors um it also has this amazing connection to our soil you know like the for instance if you work with a carrot you're going to ferment a carrot you will go out and dig out that carrot and little bits of microbes will be on that carrot from the soil so it's all about soil health transferring onto that carrot you take the carrot indoors you don't wash it with fairy liquid or anything because you want to retain that natural microbes that are on that carrot you then put it in a jar and they will they will basically grow in an environment and um, flourish so that connection with the earth and appreciating where our food source comes from I love that about it you know we have a 
new appreciation for the seasons, for farmers, for nature in general. Um, and going out and walking, you know, is is you are basically inoculating yourself with microbes. I mean, they are, you know, they're everywhere. You are also, I mean, so if you are basically a cloud of, of bacteria. So I don't know how you feel about that. But, you know, that to me is amazing. And through fermentation, we can, you know, it's a way of basically inoculating our gut with, with amazing, beneficial, um, microbial diversity. It's, it's brilliant. I had no idea that there was so much to it, and which is funny considering obviously we were great friends and we've known each other for <laughs> years, but I had no idea like the depth of why people are so fascinated in yeah. fermentation and it's yeah. really cool. It's really, really cool. cool. And it's the thing is it's really early days. I mean, even in my lifetime, we're not gonna learn probably nearly enough that I want to learn. I I'm fascinated by it all. There's so you know, we are very, very early stages of the science behind it all. But from what we do know about it, there's enough there for us to to start making some changes that will definitely um, positively influence, you know, our health and our lifestyles. And it's, it's also a great talking point. You know, I've definitely being for Flora the Fermenter or whatever it was, you know, and people were sort of saying, what's that on the table? What's that? And something pops in the corner and all the rest of it. It's a really fun, great talking point. Um, and I actually think like through fermentation, I've ended up, um, spreading the word more about gut health and microbiome. That's what I love about it. It's a great, great talking point. And it, you know, you end up having a lot of chat about poo around the table as well. <laughs> love a good poo story. We'll have to do some kind of yoga fermentation event at some point and get people, um, get you along to something where we, yeah. we can have fun doing that together. Definitely. Really fun. <laughs> it's such a good thing to do as a group. So how I like to end is basically asking what three top kind of practical tips do you have for viewers um, in terms of, of gut health? Um, three top tips. Um, going back over probably what we've spoken about so far, you know, talking about the biggest sort of issue, or, you know, problem that people have is really, you know, getting habits to stick. And, um, I'm fascinated by this. I think it's a really interesting, you know, psychology really to understand, you know, how, why don't we, why don't habits stick? Why don't we do things, even though we know it's so good for us, it's the one thing we're meant to do, we don't do. And I think that's fascinating. And I, there was this um, short little course I did, I can't remember where it came from, but it was called Tiny Habits. And it basically means um, linking a habit to something you already do. So we don't think about it, but every single day we probably spend, I don't know what, how long we're meant to spend brushing our teeth, but we, we brush our teeth every day for a certain amount of time. And, you know, if we're able to do that without even thinking about it, then why can't we do these other things that are so short, so small, like just do a, you know, a minute of breathing, you know, exercise and we go, oh, the minute of breathing, it's so boring. But if you attach that to something you already do, so you go and brush your teeth and then you do your minute of breathing, You've done your minute of breathing and you haven't even thought about it. So that, for me, was a real game changer, I think. I love that. Tiny habits. So number one. Number two. Um, yeah, I think just going to an event or a workshop, like, that was another big one for me. You know, as I said, I went to that, you know, place thinking, you know, I was just going to go and learn about a ferment. But what came from that and the people I met and the you know, that sense of community around a topic tends to make something stick for longer. Like, yes, you can read an article 
or you can you know um do something in your own home but until you go out and like really focus a set amount of time towards something like going to you must feel that so much from going to events and things it's it's such a a big one you know learning from the experts listening to people seeing them talk asking questions you know I have never regretted any money that I've spent on attending an event and I'm always attending like you know advanced fermentation courses and things because I just I'm it's like I'm addicted to it like you're a fermentation geek that's what you are yeah with saying with that I, I totally agree I think having a sense of community when you do these things, if you're trying to make a positive change in your life mm. and you're doing it with like-minded people, that, uh, I mean, that's a total game changer. So mm. I love that. I think that's a great tip. Number three. Um, it's a funny one. So <laughs> I, at the end of whenever I do any of my events or anything, the sort of concluding um, thing I say is to trust your gut. Um because I think those three words say so much for me that summarises a lot about not only gut health, but about just health and well-being in general. Um, you know, it says, trust your intuition. You know, don't overthink it too much. Um, do what works for you. Um, you know, your gut is incredibly powerful. Um, it's an amazing thing. Uh, we know so little about it. And making it work for you and putting time into understanding what your gut microbiome wants you know it has a great way of communicating with us every day by when we go to the toilet um and you know you've got to listen to it tune into it and trust it um and trust yourself and trust your intuition and i think all of those things at the end of the day is going to get you the furthest i love that also because trust your gut um is I suppose a um, holistic approach and from everything you're saying is about it being a holistic approach for gut health so it's all about the microbes at the end of the day like we can apply as much science as we like to this you know microbes we know so little about and they are this wonder that we don't really understand in terms of soil microbiome in terms of the atmosphere in terms of what we have in our guts in terms of everything they are this living thing that was around way before we were they are far more clever than we are. And we can apply as much science as we want to understand them. But really, the magic of microbes, I don't think will ever really crack. And I love that kind of about them, that they're something that we, we can't ever kind of take them, put them in a pipette, grow them, and then inoculate them back into us. We can't do that. They are, they, they are an ecosystem. They work so... They work... Um, for each other in a way that we we don't understand and we probably will never ever tap that and I think that's that just blows my mind I'm like so the magic of microbes yeah okay. so much greater than us and I I kind of like all for the win of the microbes and we should all just trust them and just sit back and let nature do what it's meant to do surround ourselves you know with great people <laughs> eat the right foods do some fermenting with some mates and trust your own intuition and I think just go with it and see where it takes us that's probably the healthiest path we can lead and I don't overthink it I love that yeah thanks Laura so much thank you for having me that's I love chatting really to you lovely. I think so many um wonderful bits of information bits of help for people to start getting their heads around um 
gut health and definitely uh, people should check out uh, some of your events workshops I know you have heaps going on so it's been a real pleasure it's been really nice to have a nice a break for a moment and um, the baby yeah thank you Thank you, Flora, so much. You have made me feel very happy about all the wine, chocolate and cheese in my life. Your fermenting wisdom is fascinating and I loved chatting to you. Thanks so much to you guys for listening to my Move and Inspire podcast. Stay tuned for more interviews with some incredible people in wellness. Let's aim together to find our inner strength and to keep searching for what it is that sets our souls on fire. If you haven't already subscribed, I would love for you guys to check out my membership channel, Move and Inspire, for yoga classes, meditations, health and wellness tips, and recipes too. You get a free trial when you sign up, www.sophiedeer.com.